0: I'm not introducing myself.
1: No, I'm not going to introduce you. All right, good. Well, maybe I'll introduce you. Well, maybe I'll do like an intro. Should I do like an intro? Like, hi, this is John.
0: You can do whatever you want.
1: But you, but what you don't want <laughs> is for me to introduce you.
0: No, I don't want my name on this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my name is John Vasiliadis. Welcome to Unspeakable. So I decided to do something a little different for this episode. I brought one of my best friends on. He's super smart and his name is Will. We will be discussing who we think would make good picks for Joe Biden's cabinet. For better or worse, Joe's the presumptive nominee. So we thought it'd be a fun exercise to draft pick each position. Well, that's it. Enjoy. Will, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Who did you get for VP? Who is going? Right. Who do you think Joe Biden's VP will be?
0: So I've seen a couple of different names floating around, and I agree with a couple of them. So Gretchen Whitmer and Stacey Abrams, I think, are tied for my first place. Ooh, picks.
1: I forgot about Stacey Abrams.
0: Yeah, I, so I literally he,
1: just forgot about her existence.
0: He had originally floated her name as a possible VP pick, I want to say, months ago at this point. And it was one of those weird things where he kind of said, oh, I would like her to be my VP. And then she came out and said, that's great, but we've his team has never reached out to me about that, and I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, so it was one of those kind of weird things where I think he probably announced it too early, but that was before he was the presumptive nominee, and he's now the presumptive nominee. So, yeah,
1: Stacey I, Abrams makes sense. So, you would have her tied with Whitmer? You think there's equal so chance?
0: The reason I say tied is because I've seen more chatter about Whitmer, um, being that she's from Michigan, which shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, um, that he might be looking at someone from a battleground state, right? Um, 5 538 did a, a pretty good analysis i thought of why home state advantage is actually a, a good, gives historically a good boost to presidential contenders more than almost any other right. statistic so i mean it for, from a pure safety play i think it's a possibility that he might pick her being that she's you know a relatively elevated um female candidate especially i think she's been on the news a lot during right the, the current crisis has shown that she's a competent uh, and effective leader. Um, but Stacey Abrams is extremely competent and extremely well-liked by a lot of different people and would probably generate a lot of enthusiasm too. Um, so it's, you know, those are the two. So I, I, th- I thought Whitmer,
1: but t- so she, she checks all the boxes. You're right. She's obviously a woman. She's from Michigan. Um, she was in the news, but I just think like judging from the whole primary, like anytime somebody like stands up to Trump or like gets the attention of the media really, really quickly, like she did, you kind of fall really in love and then out of love just as quickly. She hasn't had that sustainable base or following or really any like substance, more so than like, oh, she's the governor of Michigan that stood up to Trump and then they covered it on, you know, ABC and George Stephanopoulos talked about it. So I I would say like Stacey Abrams Makes sense for me, but also I I don't see why he wouldn't pick Klobuchar. She's from the Midwest, like Whitmer, but I feel like especially towards the end of the primary, she really proved herself as someone who can kind of
0: expand. I think um yeah, I think the the only thing that you'd run into a problem with is with Klobuchar, and I think this is probably well noted by far more people than just me. You know, she's Joe Biden. Although he's running on what's arguably one of the more progressive platforms in history compared to previous uh, presidential candidates, I think that compared to other people running, other people being Bernie Sanders, um, right? You know, he's was a more moderate candidate compared to him, and you've seen a lot of um, definitely yearning within the Democratic Party for there to be someone uniting. Um, the center and the left, and I'm not sure that Whitmer accomplishes that, but we know less about Whitmer, right. which maybe makes it more palatable for people. Whereas I think most people at this point do not believe that Klobuchar is a progressive or half the party candidate. would
1: actively be upset. I feel like
0: if it Hugo would be Biden. a surprise, yeah, it would be a surprise, but I dude, mean- what
1: about Claude Mentum. <laughs>
0: I always, um, well, I guess, no, I guess it's pronounced clobmentum. I wasn't sure if it was clobmentum. Like, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's how it always sounded in my head. What?
1: I've seen Clo- <laughs> clobicharge, clobmentum. Too very much time horrible.
0: on, too much time on the internet. It's a, it's a <laughs> phenomenon, dude. Love okay. Mentum, bro. Department of State. Here's, you want to hear what I have? Yes.
1: Okay. I have John Kerry and that is for two reasons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the only person you could think of. <laughs>
1: Well, three reasons. Only person I could think of, Biden, his whole candidacy is clinging on being a throwback to the Obama administration. And it doesn't, like, John Kerry just screams lateral move guy to me. He's just like someone who kind of hit a ceiling and is not going to get past that, but he's got to go somewhere.
0: Mm. Well, what do you mean by lateral? Because it would actually be a, like not even a lateral move. It would just be the, the no move at all. It would, he'd be exactly what he was before. <laughs> um I, It ran through my head before as a possibility. It actually, it genuinely did. Um But I think it was. I think you made a good point, which is that you know a lot of Biden's campaign has been about you know the Obama era and and, it can, and making his candidacy what. I think he would argue as a continuation of that. Right. Um, So I think my natural thought was when we were thinking about who his cabinet picks might be, not just for Secretary of State, but for all of them, I was thinking back to a lot of people who had been in the Obama administration. um, I do think- that he could revisit, so.
1: I agree with that. I think there's gonna be a lot of familiar faces. Whether we get the positions right, I think the names that we're saying overall will probably come up in one way or another.
0: I'm sure that he will be looked at again, Um, although I I find it hard to believe that he, that he being Biden is gonna pick up a whole bunch of people and just keep the people who were in the previous one. I think he's probably, at at the end of the day, going to seek to make the administration his own. So I I think it's unlikely that he'll pick just, you know, copies of, of who was in the Obama administration, but it's hard to think of, other high profile people who would fit that um, scope on the democratic side. Uh, You know, I think that they've tried to do more to talk about foreign policy and there are some really good people in the party who are doing that.
1: Right. Um, I think, I think another just really challenging thing about this exercise overall is like every time there's just so many random people that get chosen. Like, just these bureaucrats that have been in these departments for like decades that nobody knows about
0: yeah um and it's like i all the people that i keep coming back to are people who have already served in that position like hillary clinton would be (laughs) another one but oh
1: you have hillary clinton
0: no, 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 no. I'm saying I just, she came up obviously because she's a previous Secretary of State as someone who oh, yeah, yeah. could be revisited, but I think for our obvious reasons and her, the fact that she ran in 2016 and not, things have changed since then that uh, he probably will not pick her either. But I very much te- don't
1: think he would pick Hillary.
0: No, I I don't think he will at all. I, I'm just mentioning her as someone who you know, previously sort of served. As previously served, yeah. Um, But it's telling that in the Democratic Party that Uh, It's very difficult to think of someone who would fit what you would consider to be a great candidate for Secretary of State. The people who I think are doing a really good job of carrying that conversation in the party are a few former um, national security officials, right? So I guess one that I didn't uh, mention before that's coming to me now is John Brennan, who I think is the former director of the CIA, um, who is definitely gone toe-to-toe with trump over the last few years he's been in the news quite a bit but he's someone who strikes me as a very thoughtful and effective
1: yeah but he's uh, a leader and politician he's pretty tarnished though with like the whole torture
0: i'm not really sure that there's anyone who's served in um (laughs) the cia or the state department at this point who's not been involved with something that you could consider them tarnished in some way i mean most of trump most of trump's picks were incredibly flawed and are still serving in their positions and and they may be doing a bad job but
1: to that point a lot of the picks for the intelligence and stuff like that were actually in the obama administration too which is interesting yeah so okay department of the treasury
0: this one is a no brainer. If they don't pick Elizabeth Warren, I don't know what you're doing. It's such an obvious, it's such an obvious.
1: Dude, that's choice. what I, I wanted them to do that, but I just, anytime I feel like something makes sense or is a good idea or would make me happier, make a lot of people happy. I
0: just assume that they're not going to do that. So I have, it's, it's possible, but I have seen, and I know that, you know, chatter o- online and, all the quote-unquote insiders and whatever are not necessarily a good telling of what's truly going to happen. But I have seen a lot of talk about her. I think, you know, the fact that she founded CF, um, TB, mm-hmm. the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, mm-hmm. is someone widely regarded as an intellectual leader within the party, someone who has um, experience, um, plenty of experience with financial markets and financial regulation, someone who's considered... To be extremely surgical and structural in the way that she thinks about policy, I don't know why you wouldn't put that person in charge of Treasury, um, given her expertise. The only other place that might make sense for her is, to be honest, the vice presidency. And right. it, I've seen I've seen her name floated for that too, but I think um, I think to be I, she seems to me someone who'd be more interested in the Treasury aspect. Yeah, I agree. I think
1: she'd also be really surgical like you were saying and having like this very
0: narrow scope so that's who i want him to pick i could also see him choosing I, and this is one position that i've seen a lot of talk about corporate leaders and it's always stem, a banker ste- stepping in to fill that one I think that, was
1: a banker yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think that would be a mistake if um his campaign says what he or uh, does what he says it's about right uh, or stands what they say it stands for. I just don't I,
1: think that Biden's... Like, I know that there's going to be the calculation to appease the left flank, but I just don't think that Biden's going to be the guy to break that precedent of not having a banker. Keeping with that precedent, I think Larry Fink of BlackRock is going to I be.
0: have seen... Uh, yeah, I've seen that, too. Jamie
1: Dimon, too. But I, I just don't think Jamie Dimon, honestly, would, like, want to do it. Like, he's pretty inextricably tied to like JP Morgan more so than like other CEOs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I, yeah, I would agree with that. I'm not really sure that he would be uh, terribly interested in the treasury job. I may be misremembering, but I think he was asked by a previous administration, maybe Obama or someone um, in a previous administration to, it could have been Bush. I can't remember how long ago it was, but I think he's actually been asked for the position before. And I believe he said no.
1: Damn. Okay, let's do Department of Defense. Do you have one for Department of Defense?
0: I actually don't. Um, this one was boring.
1: I, I have a boring Yeah,
0: one. I, I don't. I think that the likelihood is that it's going to be a career, a, as it kind of should be, it's probably going to be a career general who I, we may yeah. or may not have heard of before. Um, I agree. I have, who,
1: I have Susan Rice, who is the National Security Advisor for... Uh, President Obama. So I think that kind of goes along with what you're saying, but otherwise it's going to be some no name uh, general who's served for a long time.
0: Yeah, I think that that's probably right.
1: But I will say, when I was thinking about this one, what was really interesting to me was it made me realize how inexperienced Buttigieg was. Because when I was put in the position of like casting these roles, even theoretically, I was like, okay, Judge. Obviously, he's a veteran, he's a smart guy, but could he be the Department of Defense secretary? I, I just didn't see it. I couldn't vision it. And then that made me realize, like, fuck, like, he was running for president, and I can't even, like, honestly picture him as a cabinet-level executive. So that was just an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, I think pe- I think people have definitely got, gotten ahead of themselves with the whole... Um... Pete judge thing in terms of an actual head of the Department of Defense or Homeland Security Secretary thing. I think he's a very, very smart guy, and his um, service in the military is obviously a huge benefit. Um, and I think that the reason people could see him running for president was that whether this is a wrong view or a right view... I think that people see that as more of a generalist job where personality matters more than anything else. And if you're smart and effective at being a leader in general, that that's a job that you can do. Right. I don't know whether or not that's the wrong view. It's probably the wrong view. You probably (laughs) need a little more qualification than that, but, I think that when you think of that, you think of, okay, a generalist leader, someone who's really good at leading people and has the right personality for the job and good judgment.
1: I mean, I think you're making a good point of like, there's a difference between like having a vision and checking that box and having a brand and actually the nitty gritty job of leading a country and governing and making policy. And I think that Pete Buttigieg checks the first box, but he most definitely does not check that second box.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Serving in the military is a complete, like, one of the highest levels of sacrifice you can give for your country, and an amazing thing. But you probably need to climb the ranks and get, you know, real leadership experience before you're able to lead a department as complex and um, sophisticated as the United States Department of Defense.
1: Completely so. agree. All right, Department of Defense. I mean, we just did that. <laughs> All right, vice president, let's
0: go. Um, okay. He <laughs> said so, so confidently, too. <laughs> okay, Department of Justice. Okay, so the Department of Justice, I think, is a less difficult one. And I think the uniqueness of the Trump era has actually made several people a possibly good fit for this job. And when I say uniqueness of the Trump era, I mean the fact that he's getting himself into so much trouble constantly, and everything is always a legal battle. Right. So you have basically created an environment where there are constant opportunities for people who are extremely good at the legal profession to be well known. And, right. you know, I'm someone who's a big fan of Preparara. I think he is a prime example of someone who because, literally because of Trump now right. is one of the most popular podcasts in the entire country and is arguably one of the most respected people in that space. I don't think that it'll be uh, Preet Bharara running the <laughs> Department of Justice. Oh, you just set that up. I was so excited. No, no. I, I think he is very happy doing his podcast. I think maybe if he was asked, he would um, think about it. Shout out to Preet. I saw him live uh, a couple months ago before all this happened. He's sick. Um, but I think that Sally Yates would be a very... Yep. Um, easy pick for that one. Um, she showed a lot of courage in her response to the Muslim ban um, and became a national figure after that. And I think as someone who is deemed to be of um, extremely high integrity and thoughtfulness. Oh, Kamala, uh, Kamala I, Harris. I had for, Kamala Harris. For, I think if she's not at least being considered that I don't know why she wouldn't be. Um, I mean, she's
1: a, a prosecutor. F- yeah, former prosecu
0: former prosecutor, very surgical in her analysis as well. And I know, not everyone, especially you know, in more progressive wings of the party, not everyone necessarily liked her. Which I'm not. You know, I think if you read some of the stories, it definitely brings up questions. But I think it's a really hard. Being a prosecutor is a really hard job, and I think lots of prosecutors have cases that right. they're not proud of. So. I don't know how strongly I hold that against her. I, I actually liked her a lot when she was first running for president um, at, on policy grounds. I think she ended up not being the person that you know I like the most, but I think she's a really, really smart person. Um, and then Walter, Walter Schaub, too, I would throw out as one last one, who I think was... Who is that? Walter Schaub was the um, head of, I believe, the Ethics Administration in the White House under Obama, and he is someone who uh, has actually at least in the Twitter sphere, which I know means very little to you and probably many other people, but someone who has gained a lot of recognition for, you know, his expertise after. Uh, I think he was well-recognized when he was in the White House, but I think he's What's his name, even Charles Schwab? <laughs> no, uh, that's a brokerage, uh, Walter Schaub. <laughs> oh, okay. He's not going to give me my,
1: my credits on my ATM did, fees? Did or?
0: you think I was just throwing names out there to to see if you were listening
1: you're like burger king is gonna be the secretary of commerce
0: Um, uh yes jp morgan
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had kamala harris i'm i also the prosecutor thing makes a lot of sense i'm not a big identity politics guy but i do think it would be really cool for representation and and have a cool like strong message of having a black woman as the head of the doj i think that'd be Pretty baller, and especially coming from like Jeff Sessions and then William Barr to Kamala Harris, I think would be pretty powerful.
0: Yeah, it would be a pretty big improvement over Willie Barr. Right.
1: Okay. Department of the Interior, arguably the most important job in the whole country.
0: Dude, it's pretty important. They have to protect the bison. They have to protect <laughs> the, parks. the Grand Canyon. The parks. I know. I
1: was saying it like a dickhead. And then I realized it actually is
0: pretty important.
1: I, I should have saved my sarcastic comment. I love comments. my
0: national park. So I, I think it's actually a very important job. And actually one thing I would note just about the general importance of the job is it's something that you actually take for granted in normal times. But I think the Trump era and what they have done to um, jobs like the secretary of the interior and all of the regulations and protections for national parks and um, national lands that they have rolled back actually shows you how when things are going well, you don't really notice that job, but when things are going bad, you really notice it. Um, that's and really, so it, really well said. It actually is a a really important job, and I think J, uh, Jay Jay was... Dude, that's
1: who I have. I have Jay Inslee. Yeah, I
0: mean, he he ran as the climate change candidate. He clearly has a passion for that. He looks like space. he's on
1: a Patagonia ad.
0: Like yeah, it, it like I think sense. he's he's definitely probably I, I'd imagine he has to be one of the top contenders. But of course for a position like that they could always Joe Biden could always choose, you know, a career uh you know, Oil public lobbyist. parks p- parks official <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um but certainly a like career public parks official or someone that you may not have thought of originally, but I think Jay Inslee does make a lot of sense for that position.
1: Cool. All right. I think that was our first match. Like I know you had Kamala Harris in mind, but I think that's like our first Bam, match. Okay, so Jay Inslee. Okay, Department of Agriculture.
0: He put a judge. (laughs) He's from Indiana.
1: Dude, that's the best
0: qualification that you could get for that. That is the biggest snub, though. I'm joking. Like, like
1: he, He like, he, like, dropped out of the race and, like, did all the shit. In 24 hours just to get that job? No.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess something be better than that. Pete Buttigieg is gaming for his Secretary of Agriculture.
1: I, I think I, I put Rokana because he's a representative in Silicon Valley, which has nothing to do with agriculture. But I, I think that they're, the, Biden's advisors are like, you're going to have to give someone progressive. Khanna is the co chair to Bernie's campaign a position. And I think that they're going to do the ultimate middle finger, and give him something like
0: this. Someone... So, uh, I don't know a lot about um, Ro Khanna, but since you mentioned that he's in Silicon Valley, and so I assume he's a businessman, right? Um,
1: I actually don't know anything about him. I,
0: I would just, expect he's... some... Like, for someone like that to... Like, some, you know, Silicon Valley uh, entrepreneur, businessman, right. or businessman. Something like Secretary of Commerce, not Agriculture.
1: Yes, I think my thinking was like they're not going to give a true progressive anything with substance like they're going to give them a position just to check off a box and not like actually do it
0: does that make sense it makes yeah it makes sense um yeah i mean i I don't know i i didn't actually have a real pick for this one because I kind of, Jay Inslee was my guy that to deal with uh, woods and parks and, and right. I, agriculture, I lump into the same category as all those things. So when I got to that one, I didn't think of anybody.
1: What about all right, Department of Commerce?
0: <laughs> I did not think about anybody for that one either.
1: Okay, I have Chris Coons, Senator Chris Coons of Delaware, because- He's from Delaware. He's like he's just like Joe Biden's friend. I feel like Joe Biden's the type of guy that gets like drunk and is like, "Oh, you want a cabinet position?" and then it's kind of like forced to do it. He, I just feel like he's like the right amount of random.
0: All right, I'm not. I have. I'm in no position to argue. So
1: there's no like good analysis for it. I just Chris Coons, my man. Let's. I don't see. know.
0: I actually thought your analysis was pretty astute. <laughs> The right amount of random you can't really think of anybody the posi- for the position like me so you just give it to your friend or something I- yeah, I exactly that seems like, like a joe biden thing
1: i feel like joe biden and us are gonna have similar logic when picking these positions he's gonna be like oh I just give it to chris coon
0: yeah uh, someone's gonna be like so mr almost president on your short list secretary of commerce did you get around to that one he's gonna be like what I'm pretty sure he's like... Yeah, Chris. Chris Chris is a good one for that one. Let's give it it to
1: Ted Kennedy. Sir, Ted Kennedy died in 2009. Um, Okay.
0: Department of Labor. Department of Labor. I have what I think is a unique pick for this one. Ooh, me too. Um,
1: I wonder if it's the same.
0: Sherrod Brown.
1: Oh, that's a good one.
0: Yes, and he had... His whole platform has... He's basically... um, Centered himself in this whole dignity of work campaign uh, and talking about how important all kinds of labor are and really lifting people like like working class people up. And I think he has a really great message about how we can transform labor in the United States and someone who would be uniquely suited for that job. Um, so I think he could he could be. A pick. I think whenever you talk about a current senator, it gets a little more difficult because I think everyone's really sensitive to the makeup of the Senate of the Senate right now. Right. Um and taking people out of those positions obviously obviously opens up uh vulnerabilities. So it we'll see. But
1: I think Jared Brown's good. I he's the guy that like whenever they're asking Bernie, like you don't have any friends. out of your colleagues he's always like yeah
0: my friend is Sherrod Brown. That's a reasonably good accent. He also has uh, Sherrod also there's his wife Connie Schultz um, who is another favorite of mine she's active on Twitter a lot too and is someone who is very sweet Um, posts pictures or not pictures uh, videos of him coming home to his dogs all the time and They are the cutest things ever. His dogs love him. And every time he comes through the door, they are jumping all over him. So it'd be a big plus for that reason alone.
1: If you're loved by dogs, you should run the labor department. I think it's pretty simple.
0: Yeah. The labor department or the Labrador department.
1: (laughs) I hate you. Um, (laughs) I had Andrew Yang as my pick. Andrew Yang was my pick.
0: Uh, that would be a good pick. It would be a good pick too. He makes, could also. Oh, you know what? He could also be uh, Secretary of Commerce.
1: Yeah, I think that makes. I think he can only do like one of two things. Like, you're never gonna pick Andrew Yang for like Secretary of Energy. Like, that wouldn't make any sense because he's clinged himself to UBI so closely that uh, if he does get picked, it's gonna be for Labor or Commerce. And I think it would be a good pick because I think he has a big movement, and um, it would you know definitely expand
0: the the base it would be a message for sure to have him as
1: and he he endorsed biden so it's not out of the equation like he didn't wait to do it like warren at to this at this point in time has not made an endorsement yeah and very much actively made an endorsement
0: i was going to bring that up though i'm not really sure that I know endorsements matter a lot, and I guess at the end of the day, you're probably more likely to pick someone for your cabinet that endorsed you than did not. But I think that for any of the presidential contenders, because of the fact that they just ran in their um, uh, freshness, I guess, in American, like the American public's memory, I think that... Yeah. And, yeah, the Yeah, in con- the, the public's consciousness, I think that whether or not any of the uh, presidential contenders endorsed Biden has probably very little effect on whether or not he's going to pick them like he's probably going to pick warren for something or at least offer something to her and she didn't endorse him and same thing could go for gang if yang had not endorsed him to, because the national brand that these people have built for themselves is worth more than that oh i c- i
1: completely agree i just think that it's like it definitely helps it doesn't hurt
0: that okay, he endorsed yeah, him. It, yeah it definitely only helps
1: um okay department of housing and urban development
0: this one I had a hard time with. Um Me too. I, I I picked Cory Booker. So I mean Cory Booker, what he's just someone who cares um, so much about that space, um, and I think has shown that he is looking for the national spotlight. And it's right. not obviously president didn't work out. Um, but I but think HUD's
1: like a weird one that gets like national attention for like not for not no reason, but it's one that is arguably not the most important, but gets like a lot of headlines.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he, he talks a lot about what we can do for inner cities. He and lives in Newark. Like, he always yeah, brings that up. Yeah. It's a topic that's important to him. So I can't see him as energy or transport, like all the other things don't really fit. But for that one, there's a personal calling there that could be valuable. And, and I actually do. I do like Cory Booker, um, I think that he, too. It, I think he is very uh, thoughtful, and I think he does care a lot about, um, you know, his the the things that he does care about. Whereas, you know, some some other people who make the argument that it's gamesmanship or showmanship, and it's all kind of bullshit. But right, um, I think that he he w- could be a good fit for that one.
1: I actually think that's a, a great pick. I I have Beto, and not for a good reason. I just think that you could argue Beto helped Biden win Texas. And if you look at the past two secretaries of housing and urban development, it's Carson and Castro. So it's kind of just like, I I just feel like it's this position when you want and you have to give someone something, but you don't know what to give them. And I just can't really place Beto anywhere. So I think that if they were to give him something, that could be a possibility, but I think your case for Cory Booker is just a lot stronger.
0: Yeah, and I think with with Beto, uh, I believe Biden already promised um that he would put him in charge of the gun control movement. um Ooh, yeah. Okay. S- at which, for you know, uh, like talking about topics that are important to people, that's Beto's kind of his thing. That's um, his bread
1: and butter. Yeah.
0: I'm not really sure where it, where functionally that would sit within the government, though, because I think that that would have to be a unless i'm correct me if i'm wrong but a legislative priority not a i think there's a, some executive actions that they can take but i think if you want a holistic solution I think yeah it's definitely be, not
1: reflective and, of any cabinet position for sure
0: yeah probably not um so but i think that's where probably uh better will will end up we also skipped one on the list um which i don't want to skip because i think
1: oh we did um, skip one
0: department of health and human services right so yes um my initial pick for this was jill biden dr dr jill biden that's a power move i was
1: (laughs) power couple (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, she's not actually a doctor, so that was a joke. Um, she's Wait, she's she, not. Well, she has a PhD. Or at least Wait. I read that.
1: <laughs> what are you? I feel so. I feel scammed right now.
0: Actually, I'm just gonna go look that up because I saw it today earlier today, but got a fact. I got to fact check myself. She goes um, by
1: Doctor Jill Biden. That's like. I feel like that's like her Twitter handle.
0: Like, I know. She has like her of edu- degree doctor, in doctor of education. music theory. Oh, okay. Of music theory. I was just. <laughs> Maybe one up that would be the joe biden equivalent of like putting ivanka in charge of like <laughs> half the white house um so i hope he doesn't do that because that would be hashtag nepotism remember what- when joe
1: biden said he was open for michelle obama to be his vice president
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i forgot i actually forgot my best pick before the vice president will be barack obama
1: yeah i mean i do believe that he would pick him for
0: the boys are getting back together
1: um, I think he'd pick him for a Supreme Court pick. I don't think that he would be – I don't think he can be in the cabinet because then it's the line of succession, right?
0: Whoa, mind blown. I don't know. My actual pick for this one, and I think that this probably – I think the likelihood of this one is low, but I would like to see Andy Slavitt. Um,
1: Dude, who are these position. names?
0: All right. Andy Slavitt was brought in um, when the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, was established. Remember their whole website fiasco? Yes. And how the website crashed and everyone was like, oh my God, you can't build a website. This is ridiculous. Um, right. But they ha- had no idea what was actually like what the architecture needed to look like behind the scenes for that kind of system to work. And it was obviously much more complicated than people thought. I'm not saying that they had a good rollout. They obviously messed it up, but basically Andy Slavitt was a, healthcare executive in the private sector who was called in to basically turn that whole effort around after they completely messed up the rollout. So he brought in a large team of people and and fixed the implementation of that side of the Affordable Care Act and ended up becoming, you know, relatively large figure, largely known figure in that space. And then because of COVID-19 and uh, everything that's been happening, he has actually stepped into another large role, although I think informally I'm not sure if he's i don't believe that he's on government payroll, but he is coordinating with a lot of both public and private figures to help get get our uh covid nineteen response up and running and so he's been on he's been on twitter um a lot, giving daily updates um helping people understand. The crisis, what's giving them a window right. into what's actually happening behind the scenes and the discussions that he's been having with people. And I'd actually encourage you to go look at his Twitter page and some of the things that he's been talking about because he's actually very, very good. And he was one of the people that I had been tracking as this had kind of unfolded who I thought was just giving like a lot of really, really good, helpful, clear information when there was a very huge lack of clear and helpful information right. um, dealing with this uh, kind I of crisis. So, I bought
1: it. Yeah. I think it's a good pick. I have Ron Klain, who is Obama's ebola Czar, but also mm. Biden's chief of staff.
0: Oh, that's a very good pick then.
1: Yeah, Biden actually featured him recently in a campaign video to explain COVID-19... Like how badly the Trump administration is responding, so I think that that could be an interesting pick.
0: And what was his name again?
1: His name is Ron Klain. Okay, yeah, it's a good pick. Okay, let's see. Department of Transportation.
0: All right, I think for I think for the rest of them, I yeah, I didn't. So this is kind of where I ran out of time, Um, and I don't have any immediate thoughts. um, But are there any that that you
1: yeah. Okay. Department. We can just make this like a lightning round. Just John giving his unfiltered <laughs> thoughts. Um, okay. Department of Transportation CEO of Amtrak Richard H. Anderson, who I had to Google. But Joe Biden is obsessed with Amtrak, like obsessed with it, and he always talks about it. And he's ridden it, and that was that was his. I thing. do
0: know that about Joe Biden.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Like I don't uh, think that's a good enough reason to pick a secretary, but. That was my reason.
0: It's more solid logic than I could come up with.
1: (laughs) Department of Energy, I had Gretchen Whitmer. Again, that was just because I knew I wanted to put her on the board because the media is in love with her. I just do not think she'll be VP. That's not a good reason for me to say that she'll be Department of Energy. It's just for me to say I think she'll come into play. I just didn't know where to put her. So for Department of Education, I I have Warren. I'd love for her to be Secretary of Treasury. Obviously, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to give her something important but not something as important as she deserves. And I think that the tie in of oh I used to be a teacher is going to be like functional enough for her to be to lead the education department because it it is an important department. It's not like agriculture
0: like it means. No, it's in, I mean, I think all of them are important in their own ways, but I think it's impossible to say that the Department uh, Secretary of Education is not. One I don't of think that the would most be important, One of the most important ones. Yeah,
1: I don't think that would be a snub, but I think that you can argue like the most important ones are like State, Defense, and Treasury, and I think, or VP. Obviously, she deserves one of those four. I don't think she'll get one of those four.
0: I don't know who he's going to end up picking, but um, Secretary of Education is one of those ones where there are just so many talented people to choose from. And I feel like you have to really work to pick someone who's not a good uh, fit for that.
1: Like Betsy DeVoe?
0: Yep. Literally one of, like, uh, I don't know how you could get to a worse person uh, (laughs) for the job.
1: Um, Department of Veterans Affairs. This one was my own personal snub towards pete Buttigieg, but i picked pete because i just couldn't picture him as like like we were talking about one of the top tier ones and i was like okay he's a veteran so veterans affairs department of homeland security this one i do think is a great pick andrew cuomo andrew cuomo if I, you asked me a week oh, ago
0: if you asked dude. me a week ago i would not have said that I was thinking about him before and I forgot to write it down, but I actually if I had written something it would have been him so we would have agreed on that one.
1: He I mean his the way he's handling this crisis, I do think he's getting all this like like unnecessary like love because he's he is to an extent just doing his job but he's doing a good job and I think yeah. he's handled the COVID-19 crisis very well. And he's from New York. And I think Homeland Security is a, a department that was born out of 9 11. So I think having a New Yorker who's experienced in handling a massive crisis and calming huge swaths of the population um, is, is a good pick. I think he'd be a great great pick yeah
0: i mean the whole definition of that job to me is can you manage uh, an incredibly complex organization with a lot of moving parts how do you manage a crisis how do you make sure that when a crisis happens that you're coordinating across all the different actors who need to be moving at the same time how do you manage a complex critical supply chain of medical and military goods how do you um like you said calm people in a crisis and and be a good leader and i think he's done all of those things and that's why this kind of job may work better for him than something like a governorship because the governorship still has so much politics baked into it and that's the thing that he in normal times proved himself to maybe not be that good at right um he, had, he did not have good favorability ratings before this. He had, I think, net negative favorability ratings by a pretty large margin, which had been declining for some time, and right. his ability to respond to this crisis has completely flipped the chart. Um, so it's something that could be a much better fit for him. Uh, I think he'd probably enjoy that job a lot, um, see- seeing how he's um, responded to this. Right. So, you know, I think he could be a really good fit for that one.
1: Sweet. Will, thank you so much for talking to me. We shall see who Biden will pick. And yeah, best of luck. Stay safe. Talk to you probably tomorrow.
0: Thanks, John. Loved being
1: on. Thank you, Will. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Unspeakable. It'd mean the world to me if you could follow my podcast on Spotify or subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts. For more info, visit theunspeakablepod.com.